Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. When suddenly there came a sound of rust and mighty wind, the Holy Ghost began to be poured out upon all men. This is that. Spoken by the prophet Joe. Spoken by the prophet Joe. In last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Good evening, everyone. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast uh, tonight, and we're going to have a special guest speaker tonight. Pastor Simons is out. Um, He will be back next week. And this is the Tell Like It Is show. You can get involved tonight during any point um, during the broadcast. You can give us a call in studio. Our number is 701-225-5133, or you can text Pastor. I'm sure he'd love to take your texts, your comments tonight. On, on the speaker here tonight, the special speaker we're going to have. And um, we are from the New Life 
Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, uh, North Dakota. We're located at 105 7th Avenue West, and this is the Tell Like It Is show. We're on every Sunday night from 806 to 906 Mountain Time right here from Dickinson, North Dakota. Holy Ghost Radio 2 is also on there at kdix.com. But tonight I'm going to introduce our guest speaker. Uh, he comes highly uh, regarded from pastors. I'm just kidding. It's actually myself. It's it's Seth. Brother Seth tonight is the uh, special speaker for the Tell Like It Is show. Uh, and if you want to go ahead and tune it off, that is totally fine. Pastor Simons will be back next week. Um, and he is an awesome, awesome Bible teacher. So if you're tuning in for the first time, you are really missing out. Pastor Simons should be back next week. Uh, he is. He will not be here with us tonight. Um, I would just like to... First of all, thank my pastor for the uh, opportunity tonight to be able to be on the Tell Like It Is show um, for having confidence in me. Obviously, I want to thank God tonight, too, for, uh, for what God has done in my life, bringing me to this point. Um, God's brought me through a lot in my life, and, and now this. This is incredible to have this opportunity to share the word over the radio here in Dickinson, North Dakota. I would also like to, before I get started, um, say hello to my wife. Uh, Carrie, and to my my two boys, Colton and Carter. I love you guys tonight. Hope you listen. Hope you hear Dad do a good job. Well, we're going to get into the Word of God here tonight. I uh, I we were at we have a, in Dickinson here our church, the New Life Pentecostal Church. We have uh, men's Bible study uh, every Friday morning at Perkins, uh, six o'clock a.m. You are invited if you are. A man, this is a men's Bible study, Perkins, 6 a.m. every Friday morning here in Dickinson. And, and recently I was at our men's Bible study, um, and Brother Matt Ramsey, sometimes on the show, Dr. Matt Ramsey, um, was lead, and he leads our Bible study, and we were discussing, um, taking what the world throws at us, um, as far as, you know, being wronged, being, um, done evil to us and, and Jesus we were discussing Jesus's teachings on that in Matthew chapter 5 verses 38 through 48 and and it was a very good discussion and uh, Romans 12 19 you know we're talking that you know Jesus or excuse me God says do not you know don't take vengeance for vengeance is mine saith the Lord I will repay you know we allow God to you know when we're done wrong God takes care of what has been done wrong to us and uh and getting right into this tonight, but, you know, we read Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48, and this is an, ex- an excerpt from um, a very well-known, the very well-known Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus is teaching on forgiveness, and in verses 38 through 42, and verses 43 through 48, he's teaching on loving your enemies. And in the verse 48, the last verse in chapter 5, uh, it ends... Um, with verse 48, it says, Be therefore, Jesus is, is, is speaking here. He says, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. You know, I have read this verse before. I, I have, I, uh, I, I do, we have, our church does a, a nursing home service here at St. Luke's and Dickinson. And, uh, I've preached on this sermon. You know, we're, we're to love perfectly as God loves. That's the point, the context of this scripture. And, you know, uh, you know, you know. I I have a I had my small Bible with me, and and it's a it's a Holman edi- you know edition, large print, compact edition is what it's called, and has references. Many Bibles do to uh, various similar scriptures underneath some of the verses as you read along, and it reference it'll reference a very similar uh, scripture. And Matthew chapter five verse forty eight, it referenced Luke chapter six verse thirty six. 
Um, and it says, be therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. You know, it started me thinking, you know, I started to compile some scriptures in my, in my mind and, and, uh, and to compile some scriptures. And I had that, that thought in my mind and then, and then Pastor Simon asked me or told me that I could possibly be doing this tonight. So I started to put some scriptures together and, uh, it's just started me thinking and, and, uh, on a topic here tonight and, you know, God, who is absolutely perfect in everything, we know that. God is is complete. God is whole. God is without flaw. God is perfect. He, uh, the Lord God, is perfection. That's who God is. He's perfect. And God demands perfection. Um, you know, Jesus here, you know, be perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Luke chapter 6 Luke chapter 6, verse 36, be therefore merciful, as your Father also in heaven is merciful. You know, there's no way, I'm thinking, you know, there's no way we could ever be perfect like God is perfect, flawless. Um, you know, but God demands perfection. We are going to be talking about this tonight, um, what God expects on our part. Uh, if you are to ever make it to heaven and to be with Jesus for eternity... And that's what we're going for. It will take nothing less than absolute perfection on your part. Uh, God will not accept anything less than flawlessness and sinlessness from humanity. So stick with me tonight. Uh, you know, that sounds crazy right now, but there is some scripture for this. But God does, does expect his creation and all humans to be absolute perfection if you were to be in fellowship with him. Uh, that's why I would like to title this tonight. We're going to go to a song here, but I would like to title this The Barrier of Perfection. I'm at one God, apostolic tongue, talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven, Bible, leader, and the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, brother. I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you would do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees, would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic tongue, talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. You won't catch me preaching on the street. I'm too shy to talk to people when we meet. And one day out on town square, a bunch of kids are gathered there, throwing beer cans at the law and shouting, Peace! I did not intend to interfere, but someone started screaming in my ear. So I laid both hands on his head, and I prayed while he turned red. And the other kid said, let's get out of here. Cause I'm a one God, apostolic tongue, talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the spirit, brother, I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you to do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees, will you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic tongue, talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I never testify at school. People will say that I'm not cool. And one day I had enough of that evolution stuff. So I stood right up and I said, God's word is true. My teacher did not know what to do. 
It seemed like he was shaking in his shoes. Though he knew I meant no harm, he took me by the arm and said, Son, what religion are you? One God, apostolic tongue, tongue, and holy rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, sir, I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you to do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees, would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic tongue, tongue, and holy rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Now, on the job, I never say a word. I figure they all know I go to church But when my boss man called me in For a tonic and some gin I began to think Perhaps he hasn't heard So I said, no sir I am not the drinking kind Excepting for a thing they call new wine Woo! As he lost his cigar smoke It seemed like he was choked I proceeded to explain it one more time I'm at one God I'm stomach tongue talking Holy rolling born again heaven bound Believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name I've been washed in the blood Sanctified by the Spirit Brother I believe in holiness And I suggest that you do the same I was set free at a Pentecostal All on my knees Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed To be a one God Apostolic tongue talking Holy rolling born again heaven bound Believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name Now I can sing until I'm out of breath From playing this harmonica to death I could use up all my brains Till nothing much remains But there's one thing I'm praying I don't forget Cause last night at that Walmart where I shop A preacher in a pickup truck yelled Stop! Right there and tell me straight Are you still saved and in the truth? Well I shouted back across that parking lot I'm still a One God up to tongue talking Holy Rolling born again heaven bound Believer in the liberating power of Jesus name I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the spirit, brother, I believe in holiness, and I suggest you do the same. I was set free out of Pentecostal water on the knees, but pardon me if I'm not ashamed to be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' Me too. I am a one God apostolic, tongue talking, holy roller. I don't roll too much, but I'm an apostolic. But this is tonight we're talking about here. Um, you know what I what I'd like to title this tonight. Like I said earlier, the barrier of perfection that we have a holy God, a perfect God who does demand perfection if we are to be in fellowship with with God. Um, just gathering some thoughts here. There are three parts. Tonight to this, I was I was putting them together, and I hope they all fit with um, just the messages. They they just flow together tonight. But there are three parts to what I believe form this thought. We have uh, a God who is perfect. Uh, I mean, and He's holy. He's set apart. Uh, God is sinless. He's clean. He's pure. Absolute perfection is God. And then we have a need. Uh, for perfection for humanity. Perfection is described by Merriam-Webster uh, simply as this. It's having no mistakes or flaws, uh, completely correct or accurate, having all the qualities you want in that kind of person, situation, etc. And number three, God's grace uh, is the unmerited divine assistance. 
given humans for their regeneration or sanctification. It's described by Merriam-Webster. But first of all, uh, number one, I would like to tonight, I would like to introduce, if I may, uh, God. This is who God is. If you're listening and you're new and you don't know who God is, I'm about to describe uh, just a little portion of who God is. Um, he's obviously, he's, he's the creator. Genesis 1-1, the very first scripture in the Bible, it declares in the beginning God created. And it goes on to say he created the heavens and the earth, um, you know, the heaven and the earth and, and everything upon it, humanity, everything. God created Isaiah 42 and 5, thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth. And if you continue on, Isaiah chapter 45 states this uh, three more times at least, that God is creator. Um, he is the maker of all. God is omniscient. Simply put, God knows everything. God is the creator of wisdom and knowledge even itself. God is omnipresent. Uh, God is absolutely everywhere at all times. There is nowhere God is not. I believe the psalmist said, "If you know, if I make my bed in hell, God is there. You know, if I ascend, uh, I believe to the heavens. You know, God is there. Um, God is omnipotent. God has all power. He can do anything. This is who God is. God is omniscient. He knows everything. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. God is omnipotent. He has all power." And every one of these statements is correct. Tonight, there are numerous, numerous scriptures for every statement I have just made. It's, it's not, I'm not making this up. This is who God is. God has all wisdom. He has all power. He has all might, knowledge, strength, glory. He is good. God is not like humanity. He is perfect, set apart, righteous, just. This is God. He is holy. Uh, God is pure. He does not have in him wickedness or evil. Um, in in all of God's power, in all of God's might, um, you know, he how we just described God. And, I mean, we could go on for hours. The Bible, literally, you could go on for hours of Scripture of how great God is and how perfect God is and how righteous and holy uh, God is, how set apart God is. You could. Um but in all of God's power, which the Bible says he is almighty, which means he has all might. Um, he has all power. Um, there is one thing that God does not know. There's one thing, and that is sin. God does not know sin. God never will. Uh, God will never... Uh, you don't have to worry about God going, I guess if the word's right, rogue. You don't have, he doesn't, you don't have to worry about God going bad. It's just not going to happen. He is holy and he'll never vary from that. Malachi 3.6 states that he is God and he changes not. That is God. Um, he is perfect. And now we have humanity. And if we want a fellowship with God, God demands perfection. Um, from the very start of the Bible, in the very start of time, God has asked perfection from humans. He is holy, sinless, and God wants to have a relationship with humanity. Uh, but a sinless God requires that who, whoever he fellowship with be holy, be perfect, like himself. Because God will have no fellowship with sin. It's illustrated in 1 John chapter 1. By holiness being light and sin being darkness. 1 John 1, 5-7, the Bible says, This then is the message which we have heard of him. 
um, and declaring to you that God is light uh, and in him is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We have fellowship um, with God, we could say. We have to be perfect to fellowship with God. I hope you understand uh, that this does include going to heaven. That's what we're talking about here. We have to be perfect to go to heaven. Now, I, I know some of you are going to turn me off, but just bear with me for a little bit. Um, if we are to be with Jesus for eternity, we have to be perfect. And I'll read some scripture here. Genesis 17, 1. And when Abraham, or excuse me, Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 13. God is telling the children of Israel here to, to have a holy lifestyle. Um, but he says in Deuteronomy 18, 13, Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. 1 Kings eight sixty one. Let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord our God, to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments um, as at this day. Solomon's blessing Israel. That's uh, right before the dedication of the temple there. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Revelation 3, 2. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. From what we see and what we read in Scripture, um, God does demand perfection from humanity to have fellowship with Him. You know, there is just one uh, one small problem with that. We humans uh, we have a problem, and it's you know it's it's kind of time to uh, unveil the elephant in the room. Uh, we have something called sin attached at birth to all of us. We are not perfect. You know, sin is the opposite. Uh, excuse me, the opposite of, of holy or, or perfection. Um, holy, if holy is white, sin is black. If holy is good, sin is evil. Um, the problem is God will not allow sin into heaven, and we have that permanently attached to us. God will not be in a sinful life. He will not dwell with somebody who has sin in their life. A person might say, I'm a pretty good guy. You know, I don't kill. I've never stolen a vehicle. I never punched anybody too hard. You know, I never cussed out the clerk at the store, even though they deserved it. Um, you know, and on and on. You know, I, I'm a pretty good person, but God demands perfection. Romans three ten through twelve. It says, "As it is written, there is none that are righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are altogether become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one." You know, it doesn't matter your lineage, your heritage, your IQ, your parents' relationship with God. What matters is everybody was born sinful. You were born a sinner. Romans 5.12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now the Bible commands Christians to, uh, or, to uh, and, or excuse me, the Bible commands Christians in 2 Corinthians uh, 6.17, it says, Come, or wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Uh, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. He's telling us to be that way, uh, children of God. But how much more will God never touch you or I, the sinful person, because he requires perfection? Right there it's saying we should not touch the sin. But how much more would God not touch us because we have sin attached to us? 
I hope that makes sense. Um, and, but this is where I'm going tonight. We have, we have a holy God. We have a sinful man. We have a God who demands perfection to have fellowship with himself. Doesn't it seem like an impossibility? But right there, I want to stop. We're going to go to a, just a song here, a quick song, and we'll come back right after this. Not the great I was. That was by Chandler. You know, we're talking here tonight, and and I'm 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 trying to be clear in my thoughts. But you know, what I've presented so far is 
is, uh, I'm trying not to make it too hopeless, but it sounds maybe a little hopeless here tonight, but God is a holy God who is perfect. And if he, we ever want to be on the right side of God and make it to heaven someday, um, humanity has to be perfect too. That's, that's what we've gone down to, but we just read a few scriptures. Um, humanity is not perfect. Humanity is sin. We have sin attached to us at birth. We have sin. We have a sin nature. We are, we are humanity. We are not God. We are not born perfect. We are not made perfect. We're not God. Um, you know, and, and that was right before the break here, but, but now I kind of want to turn maybe a little bit of a different corner, uh, tonight in, in my teaching. And I hope it, I really do hope it makes sense here tonight. But, you know, a lot of modern day Christians, if, when they get to their point, uh, in, in a message like this tonight, they would say, and I, and I hope you hear the sarcasm, you're a sinner separated from a holy God. You know, if you accept Jesus into your heart right now, you are saved um, and, and you are now a saved sinner. Amen. That's not exciting to me. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't want to be a saved sinner. I don't want to think I'm right with God and continue on in a, in a life of sin. But this is a prevalent teaching in our day and age. Uh, there are on the local Christian radio station uh, songs that drive me up the wall. And, and there's a man that works with me, Brother Pat Cassesa, and he knows. And, uh, and you can ask him about it. But I quote here, I'm going to quote multiple songs. There was a song by a group, and I'm not going to name the names, but it's on our local Christian radio station. You'll hear them. Um, a man is singing, and he says, I've been a sinner. I've been a saint. And he says, a little bit of both every single day. There's another song that, you know, talking about being a broken man, you know, somewhere between a sinner and a saint. And, you know, I thank God that he loves a broken man. You know, you know, I hit my knees, lift a prayer once again, and I thank God that he loves a broken man. And uh, scriptures such as Romans eight thirty eight and 39, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, uh, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Scriptures like this are taken out uh, and wickedly arrested to people's own destruction. Uh, teaching on on that, you know, is is see, I have Jesus, I'm good, no matter what. You know, the very obvious is the absolutely yeah, sure. No element of that scripture, you know, no element can get in the way of God's love and His saving hand. I believe that one thing it does not mention is it's you. Um, you are able to se- separate you from the love of God. Hebrews twelve fifteen, looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God. God's grace will never fail. But a man, mankind, can fail the grace of God. There are good people out there who truly love God. And I, I totally believe this. I've seen it. I've talked to them. Who truly love God, you know, and what they know of him. Sincere, they're honest, integrity-minded people. Who do not know that they uh, don't have to have sin in their lives. You know, I'm here to say to the Christian world, to the quote-unquote Christian world, uh, grace does not have to be beat to death anymore. You know, I've, I've heard it put some well, you know, put very well. As an individual in our church I was talking to, and he called it sloppe agape. It, it, you know, it doesn't have to be anymore. Uh, Romans 6, 1 through 6. What shall, you know, that's a very great, a great portion of Scripture. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, 
as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was, ra- Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, uh, that henceforth we should not serve sin. You know, for this, for those who don't know, there is this thing that allows us sinful humans to be right in the eyes of God. Uh, you know, obviously it is what Jesus did on Calvary, and in accordance with that, with, with Scripture, the correct response to that which is, this is to become right in the eyes of God, uh, and how to do that, which is repentance, uh, turning from sin to God, and being baptized, which, by the way, is full immersion uh, and submersion in water, in the only saving name of Jesus, Acts 4.12, for the washing away of those sins and being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. This is what the Bible calls being born again. But this is all by the grace of God. It's by His very grace that we could ever repent, ever have a chance at heaven you know after being born again we we at that point are perfect right then and there at, in god's eyes but as you continue on in life um the human element does kick in and we can sin you know sometimes we don't always walk perfectly in the spirit as we should the bible does teach that sin isn't and should and uh that sin is not and should not be a part of a follower of christ daily life galatians 5 5 16 it says this i say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh you know first john 2 1 and 2 uh my little children these things are right unto you that ye sin not and if you know i want to highlight the if there and if any man sin we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We're still humanity. We still have an ability to sin, even after we're born again. But it says, if any man sin, if, like, so this shouldn't be a common thing. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, for Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. First Peter 4.18, it says, if the right and if the righteous scarcely be saved... Where shall the ungodly and sinner appear? There is a separation. You're not both. You're not sinner and saint. You're either righteous or you're a sinner. Galatians 5.16, like I just like I just read. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. That's the Spirit of God that's that's in you. Uh, walk in accord with Him. And you do not have to sin. You know, sin, I want to be... Uh, I don't want to take too much time on sin. I mean, sin needs to be talked about in our day and age. But if you want a complete list of sin, read the Bible. If you want some quick, uh, quick list of sin and you have a Bible handy, uh, I recommend that you read uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10, uh, Galatians 5, 19 through 21. It's another quick list of sin, things that are contrary. Sin is anything that goes against God's will or God himself. Um, that is sin. It is a evil in God's eyes. Um, is another list of sin. But but back, going back, Acts chapter one and eight, it says, "You shall receive, or uh, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power to be witnesses." You know, it was 
it was power for the miraculous. If you read the book of Acts, absolutely, the, the early church and the church today should absolutely have the power of God for for healings, for for the miraculous, you know, to to pray with people and see them still receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which, by the way, when you receive the Holy Ghost, as the book of Acts says, you will speak with other tongues. Um, if you want to have a Bible study on that, that'd be great. Come to our church at New Life Pentecostal Church, 105 7th Avenue West. Wednesday evening is our next service. We'd love to have you if you want a Bible study on that. But that's what the Bible says. Um, you know, but here I, I, I truly believe it was also power not just for the miraculous and not just to lay hands on people and see them receive the, the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues and, 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 and deliverance from, from devils. But I also believe it was power to live a sin-free life, a life free of sin. Um, I do not believe a Christian... Once you have been truly born again, you have repented and and are walking towards God, should ever go back to a life of sin. You don't have to. But we still do have the ability to, even with the power of the Holy Ghost in us, we can override the Spirit of God. God gives us a free will. um, And we can override the Spirit of of God in our life and sin. It's it's still there. We can sin. 1 John 2.1 says, if we sin, there is the possibility to sin. But at the same time, you know, as a Christian, I'm saying it as a born again believer, um, there is, if we do fail, remember, God demands perfection, but if we do fail, God has something called grace to cover our sins. It's not for unrepent, grace is not for unrepentant sin. I mean, it doesn't just, you can't be born again and think that if you sin from here on out, your grace just covers it and you're fine. No, the Spirit of God will leave you. Uh, if you keep walking in an opposite direction of God, that is scriptural. You can be become unsaved, like we read. You know, you can fail Hebrews twelve. You can fail the grace of God. Uh, Brother Joe and I were just talking about this at, at the at the coffee shop, the coffee shop here, just a just a, a couple hours ago, and and it's it's frustrating. You you hear in the Christian world, I'm saved, and I'm always saved, no matter what I do. Like brother, that's not scriptural. That's not what the Bible says. Um, you know, some individuals would stop right there. See, we have Jesus as the perfect sacrifice. And once I have him, he is the sacrifice forever to cover all my sins. At this point, I'm saved and I'm always going to be saved. If you would read back just a couple verses in First John 1, it says, If we confess our sins, then he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all Unrighteousness. This letter was written to an already established group of Christians, to the church. And we, the church today, still have to confess our sins. If we sin, we still have to make it right with God. Or else the scripture would be in vain. You know, Second Corinthians thirteen five. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. So if we Christians fail God, we can have his grace to restart anew. At the same time, you... You have to get sin out of your life, Christian, or you will not make heaven. Second Timothy two nineteen through twenty one. It says, Nevertheless, uh, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal: the Lord knoweth them that are His, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Uh, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Second Peter 3.18. This is grace we're going to be talking about here. Second Peter 3.18. But grow 
in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And right after the break here, we're going to uh, come back and we'll be talking about grace, the grace of God and perfection. You just teach yourself, you write a few songs and you think you know something. This little song here, a little my testimony. You pulled me from the garbage And you taught me how to live Filled me with your spirit And you Washed away my sin You There is none like you None beside you 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 alone are holy Alone are worthy You the one that saved me, the one that saved me, you. And I love you, my God. You. And I love you, my God. You. And you have given me a family. Touch my heart and soul and I really truly can't see Why you ever loved me so You There is none like you, none beside you, you alone are holy, alone are worthy, you. You're the one who made me, the one who saved me, you. And I love you, my God. Yes, I love you, my God. Oh, I love you, my God. You. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. And that was my pastor, Pastor Simons. And uh, he's not here tonight, but we have some recorded uh, music of his, and uh, I thought we'd, we'd have Pastor Simons show up. And uh, that's cool. I love my pastor. I do. Great, great man of God. Great man of God. If you haven't ever met him, you should come to our church. Check him out. He's, he's pretty awesome. Um, but tonight we're talking... What we're talking about here tonight, we're talking about a holy God who is perfect. And if, and as humanity, if you want to ever have a fellowship uh, with God, a relationship, uh, to be in heaven for eternity, um, we have to be perfect. And I'm, uh, maybe I'm, I'm talking to the Christian world as well here. Um, you know, the, the, the whole I'm a sinner and I'm a saint, you know, all in the same day, you know, no matter what. And uh, it, it's just not, it does not click with Scripture. 
it clicks with human thinking, you know, uh, man, I, I just, I don't have the power of God in my life. You know, it must be okay to, uh, to be able to be both. That's not God's plan. It's, it's not God's plan. Um, you know, second Peter, what we just referenced, second Peter three eighteen before the break, uh, he says, Peter says to grow in grace, uh, in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We grow in grace. Uh, when we sin, we repent. Like First John says, we confess it to God. And I'm talking to the Christian world. Um, if we sin, which, by the way, should not be in every day, you know, it, it should not be a life of sin. Um, but it says if, you know, if we sin, but we grow in grace when we sin, we repent, we confess it to God and he takes care of it. That is God's grace. Now we grow. How, how do we grow? Peter says to grow in grace. I believe Titus two eleven and 12 beautifully sums it up. It says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You know, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. But grace, anyways, teaches us. You know, it's a teacher. Um, if we fail, if we sin, if we if we do, this is if you're born again. I'm talking we need... Um, Perfection in a Christian life. So we need holiness. We need separation from this world. We need separation from sin. If we fail, um, there is something called grace. And I want to put an emphasis on the if. And I, I'm not saying, um, you know, I have achieved this level yet of, of perfect submission to the Spirit of God and Brother Seth is flawless. Brother Seth's working on it. Brother Seth is growing in grace. Um, but I'm preaching this is what the Bible says. The early, if you're critiquing me, the early, um, in the early 1900s when they were preaching the infilling of the Holy Ghost, evidence was speaking with other tongues for the Pentecostals out there who were critiquing. Um, they were preaching that you could receive the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues before they had ever received it themselves. Brother Seth is preaching this tonight. You know, we, we grow in grace into perfection. Um, I'm, 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 I'm preaching it and I'm growing. <laughs> Amen. And I hope that makes sense. But grace teaches us, you know, uh, grace isn't there so we can keep on sinning. Grace is there so we can learn how not to sin. You know, we don't get grace because we're perfect. Uh, we get grace to be perfect. Let me say that again. We don't get grace because we're perfect. We get grace to be perfect. We, um, like I said, you know, you, you sin. There is the grace of God um, that will forgive you that sin. But you get up and you learn from that sin, hey, I don't go down this road anymore. I just don't do that. That's the grace of God. It's the goodness of God. You, you know, we need, yes, to be perfect. We are made right by being born again. But you have to continue on in that. You know, this following the spirit, being led of the spirit of God. You know, we have to f continue on in holiness. First uh, Corinthians five, seven, it says, purge out, therefore, the old leaven that you be a new lump. I want to be a new lump here in this this context. Paul is talking about cleaning out the church. Uh, people who say they are a brother when they're not. But in our lives, it applies the same way. Um, 
something comes in and we have to clean it out. We have to get rid of it in our life. Uh, we need to separate from this world uh, of sin, from things that would take you away from God. If you if you walk down, if you've been walking with God any number of years, uh, and there's something that trips you up, uh, something that causes you to sin, and you sin, there is the grace of God that will forgive you of that sin, and then you need to learn, hey, I don't go that way anymore. That's that's the grace of God. The grace of God is not uh, just you can sin and it just covers it and you're fine. You have to repent. I believe it's Revelation 2. It says, you know, repent quickly or else I'll remove the candlestick out of its place. And I believe that candlestick there is, is referencing the Holy Ghost. You know, if we – the same applies to a Christian life. If we continue on and we continue in sin, God will leave us. We can fail the grace of God. Um you know, I wish, oh man, I wish I'd wrote down so many more scriptures. There's so many more scriptures to this. Um, you know, maybe I'll have Brother Joe here look up that scripture we were just discussing uh, at the coffee shop there. I believe it was in Hebrews. Have him look that up for me. First uh, Corinthians five seven, like we just read. Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye be a new lump. Ephesians four eleven and thirteen, and he gave some apostles. Uh, and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Brother Joe, do you, did you have that scripture ready? I'll have you read that here. That's in uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 26 through 29, it says, If we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Thank you, Brother Joe. You know, I I don't know how you skirt that. That is just, I, I truly believe that's cut and dry. I, I do. Um, you can lose out with God once you have God. You need to repent from that sin. There's God's grace there for that. God is allowing us to grow into perfection. I truly believe that. Um, and, you, and you're getting to point tonight. I'm trying to beat it to death here, but I'll read a few more scriptures just to make sure. Second Timothy, uh, Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. It says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all." Good works. I'd also like to say, just a quick interruption here. Hey to Carl and Jeannie. I was going to do that right at the break, but I forgot. I just saw my note here, or just paid attention to it. Um, but continue on. You know, Hebrews 6, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection. You know, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and the doctrine of baptisms and the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. First Peter 5 and 10, for the God of all grace, who hath called you 
called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that, you have suffered a while. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. You know, I have read in the Greek here, you know, uh, the word perfect. People maybe try to discredit this, this, this teaching tonight. Um, you know, the, the word perfect is complete or whole in the, in the Greek. That's what it means. And that absolutely does not take, I believe, at all away from this message. It still means to be perfect, complete, whole. Um, so how does this all tie in to my title? You know, the barrier, um, that was Southern, the barrier of perfection. Right now, you know, I'm talking to somebody out there that maybe does not know God. You know, God is holy. You know, if you don't know God, you can. You, you truly can. God is holy. God is perfect. You are not. Unless you know him, uh, you have been truly born again and have been walking with him. And there is a very large wall in between you and him. And I'm going to give you uh, maybe a rude illustration here. But it is so large. There's this wall between you and this perfect God. It is so large, in fact, that you can never get through it. Uh, this barrier between you and the perfect God is named, imagine it or not, perfection. And you, on your own, uh, will never be good enough to get him. But God has a sledgehammer named grace. It's the grace of God that we can do anything. That we could even have the ability to repent, to get right with him. But God has a sledgehammer named grace. And if you would pick it up by faith, that wall will come down. And you and God can have the relationship you and him both desire. You can cross over tonight. It is by God's grace. Um, and be made perfect in God's eyes. You do not, uh, he does not want his creation to be in sin. That is not what God wants. He created us to have fellowship, communion with him, and to not be in sin. God does not want his creation on the, on the opposite side of him. He, he, he doesn't want him, the, his creation on the wrong side of him. But here's the exciting news, person out there who does not know God, who maybe is considering coming to God tonight. Not only will God save you out of sin, and there's so much teaching on this in, in our world, not only will God save you out of sin, but God, once he brings you out of sin, he will keep you from sin. He will. You know, I, maybe it's just my own opinion, and, and I'm not sure... I haven't done a whole lot of research into it, but it's my opinion, and my opinion should count, right? I mean, this is America. Um, but in my opinion, uh, I'm kidding, but in my opinion, the reason why, quote-unquote, Christian churches today believe that you can be a saved sinner is because they do not have the Spirit of God and the power of God in their in their church. That is harsh, but I believe that is the truth. If you're not preaching the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and the power of the Spirit of God. Of course, you're going to have to only say it's all by grace. You're going to have to say it's all all mercy. We'll never be perfect. We'll never uh, you know, conquer sin. It's only by grace. And, and, and I believe in grace. I believe in the grace of God. It's by His grace. Anything. Repentance. Baptism. It's all by His grace. Um, but that's all they have. They don't have the power and the spirit of God in their church, in their lives. Um, and so, of course, you have to rely on, on human thinking. But the Bible says you can have the spirit of God and you have power. 
And, uh, and I'm taking the scripture out of context, but I believe all good Pentecostal preachers do this. Second uh, Corinthians 3.17, it says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom, liberty in God. That's, that's what we can have. You know, a sinner out there, if, if you are on the wrong side of God, there is God's grace to allow you to come to him. And God will allow you to get right, to be made perfect, to be born again. But then from that point, God, he does, he does expect you to grow into perfection. You can, you by the, by the submission of the spirit of God in your life and the, the spirit of God helping you to, to submit to the word of God, you can become perfect in God's eyes. I truly believe that tonight. You can become, you can live an overcoming life. You can live a sin-free Life, you do not, if you're addicted to drugs or alcohol or pornography or whatever the, the sin may be in your life to, to materialism, God can deliver you from that and not only deliver you from, you know, or, or not save you, He can save you, but not only can He save you, but He can deliver you completely from that. I've heard plenty of stories, plenty of stories of, of people coming to God and they come to a Pentecostal church and they, they, you know, there's the, 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 the sermon is preached and, and repentance is made. You know, they come to the altar. That's that's the front of the church in a Pentecostal church, and they repent and they turn their life over to God, and and uh, and God fills them with His precious Spirit, His power, and their life is completely changed. And then they go and they are baptized for the remission of all their sins. And from that moment, I've heard so many stories, so many of accounts where people were addicted to nicotine, tobacco, you know, tobacco, to uh, to alcohol, to other all kinds of sin, and they're instantly deliver that is the power of god and not only will he deliver you right then but he'll keep you from that down the road if you keep walking in him and growing in grace um and you can become you can be a perfect man praise god i was doing some just wrapping it up here i was doing some some reading today um there's a doctrine and it's called perfectionism and it was preached uh, by John Wesley, for instance, the the founder of the Methodist movement, um, and in, in his in his writing, you know, I, I was just reading a quick summary of it, and, and it was a pretty good summary. It was, you know, it wasn't biased. I, I didn't feel in any way really. It was just a good summary, and you know, John Wesley believed that a Christian could obtain perfection, that they could be perfect. You know, he he believed you could be sinless by your faith. By your faith in God. You know, I, I, I truly believe it is by our faith in God. But the other part of that is I believe it's our faith in God and the Spirit of God working in your life and working in your heart and, and leading you and guiding you into all truth. You know, uh, Zechariah 4, 6, and we're wrapping it up here. It says, um, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, it's not about how great we are. It's not by our own willpower that we can overcome sin, but it's by the spirit of God. It is by the spirit of God. If you're out there tonight and you you claim to be a Christian and you're struggling with sin and you're struggling with things in your life that are keeping you down, um, you can be free. 
You can. You can overcome sin. It doesn't have to be like that. person out there who doesn't know God, who wants to break an addiction, who wants to, to get out of that, who wants out of a bad life in, a, in the wrong road, uh, you can be free with God. You can be. I, I could spend. I, uh, I've been telling my brother-in-law a story lately, and, and he was a meth addict. And he came to God, got his life right with God. He is no longer a meth addict. Meth doesn't have to be a lifelong addiction. God can deliver you. My pastor, he was a, some kind of drug addict, you know, multiple drugs at one time in his life, and he is now delivered and free from that. Not only can God save you, but God can deliver you and keep you. He can. But tonight we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. Thank you for for bearing with me tonight. Um, that is what I have to say. I felt that uh, I felt it very strongly. Um, praise God. Okay, we we serve a good God, God who 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 believes. I truly believe in deliverance and complete victory and deliverance tonight. We're gonna close in prayer here, and uh, and next week, please come back. Um, if I scared you off, please come back. Pastor Simons is a lot better speaker, preacher, teacher than I'll ever be. I believe that. And uh, just come back next week, 806, right here. But we're going to pray, and then we will uh, close this, this out tonight. But, Lord Jesus, we love you tonight, God. We're thankful for your word here, Jesus. I pray that you would touch every person out there tonight, God, who is struggling, who is God in an addiction, in 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 uh, God a wicked lifestyle? I pray that is that's not pleasing to you, Jesus. Let them know that they they can come to you, God, and that you can give them the power to be free from that and to live a life that is pleasing to you. And that one day they can be with you for eternity, God. I pray for this tonight in Jesus' name. Praise God. We will be back next Sunday, Pastor Simons, the Tell Like It Is Radio broadcast. Good night. You are my Lord, you are my life, you are my joy, in the midnight, you speak the word, I feel a calm, I know in you, I can be strong, you are my Lord.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.